All right, here we go. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I am your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia here at First Works Baptist Church here in beautiful Southern California. Mm. And I'm joined by the fundamentalist, Brother Hyktov Macian and Brother Adam Kanzari. Oh, wait, no, they're psych, not here. Psych. Uh, the reason they're not here is because they're big fans of The Chosen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know they're not. No, I'm actually here with Brother Marco Sanchez and Brother Cody. And uh, we are, and of course, we have Brother Ulysses on the board there. And uh, tonight, we're actually, it's a special episode. We've got some new guests with us today. They're not really new. You guys have been here before. And so, but um, we're going to be discussing the subject of The Chosen. Yeah. And we're not talking about the Matrix. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about the Christian series going on right now. I believe it's on Netflix and other platforms called The Chosen that is essentially highlighting the life and times of Jesus Christ. But it's from a Mormon slash Catholic perspective. Mm-hmm. And so um, have you guys be honest? Have you guys watched The Chosen at all? No. Nope. Okay. Well, just clips. Clips. Yeah, have you seen yeah, clips seen of it? clips on okay. YouTube before, yeah. Well, today I spent about... I don't know, two hours or so watching many, many uh, clips of The Chosen just to kind of get a feel for it. But quite honestly, I don't think I had to watch it to know. <laughs> like it basically confirmed what I already judged. And yes, you heard right, judged about The Chosen. Because I being absent have judged already. <laughs> you don't need uh, necessarily to watch and uh, all three seasons because there's three seasons of it. Mm-hmm. And apparently the, the last one came out in December of 2022. And each one has, well, at least the last one has about seven to eight episodes. Mm. Um, and so, uh, but I, I feel like I didn't need to watch the whole thing. And to be quite honest with you, when I was watching The Chosen, the clips, by the, by the end of those two and a half hours or so that I was watching them, I was grieved. Yeah, mm. I was just like, I was really, really grieved. And my righteous soul was vexed from minute to minute. Uh, hour to hour and it's because of the fact that the chosen is very unbiblical Mm -hmm. but obviously it is a it's highlighting the life of jesus christ so you know you would expect for it to be somewhat biblical or use biblical doctrines biblical concepts but they actually deviate from the bible quite a bit and the reason i want to you know we're talking about this is because of the fact that a lot of christians like the chosen Oh, yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, even Fundamental Baptists. Yeah. Right? Now, uh, Brother Cody, you come from, I mean, you're a Fundamental Baptist now. Amen. But, <laughs> but you come from that type of non-denom church, yep. right? Yep. Tell us about it. Oh, man, where do I even start? <laughs> they do all love the Start chosen, with that flannel. Sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> where'd you get that flannel? First of all, where'd you get it at? Oh, the man, bookstore? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of that stuff you can't shake off. It sticks with you for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, as you can tell, he has he has, he has has a button all the way to the top, yeah. which is a a, uh, a very strong indicator <laughs> that he's been influenced by the non even has, mean, That's more like my Sambra. Yeah. You know, Roots. Oh, you know, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's Mexican in heart. <laughs> yeah, because only Mexicans typically. But he also has ripped jeans, though. No, I'm just kidding. Does he really? <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> it's for his knees so they can breathe. No. I see. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, non-denom churches, they love the chosen. Oh, yeah. Anything that has to do with, like, 
Christianity amalgamated with like Hollywood and Hollywood that puts stuff Anything out. Anything that's popular. Yeah. Like it, any actor or, or celebrity that's popular, they just love anything that attaches the name Christian to it. They just, they'll take it. They'll are just you, Are you saying up. like when they, when some Hollywood uh, actor or actress like says God in a prayer or something like that, yeah, yeah. they're just like, oh man, this person's probably yeah. saved. Chris Pratt said, <laughs> you know, believe on Jesus Christ or something. Yeah. You know? it's like, Which I don't even think he said that. I think he no. like. No, he's like, you have God or something like that. Yeah. He said God. Yeah. 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 And hope. And hope. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like all these Christians are just all over it. Right. Yep. yep. Because to them, it's just like, oh, as long as some Hollywood mm-hmm. elite is, is talking about Jesus, it's a good mm-hmm. thing. Which obviously we're glad that people are talking about Jesus. But the, we would expect Christians, though, to have the discernment to understand that yeah. they're not Christian, they're not saved. And, it, you know, when, when someone who is popular, famous, an elite in Hollywood or whatever, um, begins to take the responsibility to explain the things of God, you know, obviously it's wrong. Yeah. Because they're, they're not, the Bible says that unsaved people are the natural man that receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can they know them for they're spiritually discerned. So you need saved people, cr- actual Christians, mm-hmm. to teach you the Bible, yeah. not these, you know, pervert Hollywood I- elites or whatever. Yeah. But all that to say, you know, um, series type films are very very popular right now. Pretty pretty much, I think Netflix is that that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where they have like a season, but they have like a, like I don't know ten episodes per season, and that's what they decided to do with the Gospels. Mm-hmm. is essentially uh, highlight the Gospels in these shows, but they make it in such a way that it's like a it's like a drama or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tonight we're going to talk about The Chosen because a lot of people are up in arms about people like me who call out The Chosen, John Jonathan um, Rumi, mm-hmm. who plays Jesus Christ in The Chosen, and simultaneously also plays a sodomite in the new movie Jesus Revolution. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, you know, you find it, you think it's okay to play... This uh, this apostate looking Jesus, mm-hmm. okay, in the chosen, yeah, and then go ahead and transfer over to being a sodomite reprobate in Jesus' revolution. And it's pretty sad too because you take a picture, you take any clip of you know him and playing Jesus, and then him playing Lonnie Frisbee, and they they look it's the, really same. the same yeah. character. Yeah. They look exactly. So it's the like, same. what are they trying to get across that what Jesus was like? Some, yeah, exactly. You know, blasphemous yeah. idea of who Jesus is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, most people think that Jesus looked like a hippie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And it's that's nowhere in Scripture. And so, I mean, he didn't have to do much to switch from looking like the Jesus in The Chosen to looking like uh, Frisbee in, in Jesus' revolution because that's the false Jesus that they worship. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, Just changed from a dress into a hippie clothes, basically. Yeah. It, it would almost seem... And by the way, it's just like... I mean, Frisbee kind of looked probably was more modest than the Jesus in the Chosen, mm. <laughs> as far as the way he dressed. Because <laughs> I think Jesus in the Chosen, mm-hmm. he was in a dress most of the time, mm-hmm. and so that's called cross dressing. Mm-hmm. That's an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. But you know what's interesting is that Jonathan Rumi plays Frisbee in Jesus Revolution, which is about a church or churches known as Calvary Chapel, yeah. who probably love watching The Chosen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like they're kind of like feeding into that whole yeah. system there, you know? 
And I'm, I guarantee you, they love Jesus Revolution. They love the Chosen. They well, like yeah, like Greg cool. Glory, like he loves like Mel Gibson's work and all that stuff. So it's like he had him at the his like Harvest Crusade that he does over here at Anaheim. He had Mel Gibson there. Yeah, talking about like the Passion of the Christ when he filmed it and all that stuff. So it's like just a conglomerate of just religions there. He's had Jonathan Rumi at the Crusades as well, too, oh, interviewing wow. him. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Mel Gibson's a major hardcore Catholic. Yeah. And even the Passion of the Christ is very much Catholic. Yeah. It has a lot of, um, you know, Catholic ideologies in it, and they uplift Mary in that movie and everything. And Jonathan Rumi is also a Catholic. Yeah. And in fact, you know, the, the, the show, The Chosen... You know, because I talked to someone about, I talked to another Christian about The Chosen, who I found out later likes The Chosen. <laughs> they like watching it. And I had heard through the grapevine that basically Mormons made The Chosen. Yeah. yeah. And they were kind of like, well, no, they didn't make it. It's just under the canopy of Mormonism. It's not like an official, whatever film company isn't officially Mormon, but they align themselves with Mormons and, and the... They, they did like a lot of their film for um, the chosen in like some Mormon, like yeah. in Utah or something Goshen, like that. Goshen, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing is that it actually is created by Mormons in the sense of when you look, when you actually look it up, Mormons own 56% of it. <laughs> of oh, the <wow>. chosen. <laughs> and, and then uh, the other 44% is owned by Catholics. <laughs> but then you get Christians watching. <laughs> but then, yeah, they make it for Christians. So the guy, the guy who the, the director, his name is Dallas Jenkins. Okay, who's a professing Christian, mm -hmm. and um, he comes from a, a church called Harvest Bible Calvary, I think, or, or Har yeah, Har Harvest Bible Calvary, and it's it's like one of these non-denom churches. Mm -hmm. But he, the guy's obviously not saved. Yeah. Okay, and that's a fact. Okay, and the reason I say that is because when he talks about the chosen, and he talks about the fact that he's he's teaming up with Mormons because that's exactly it's not just under the canopy of Mormonism, mm -hmm. Mormons basically own the whole thing, and he's like begging them to allow him and his team and his crew to go film at a Mormon site, which is Goshen. Mm -hmm. And then he said that when he went there, he's like, "Oh, the presence of God is here." He goes, I can feel the presence of God here. It's like He feels dude. the presence of something, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Smith. <laughs> it's like what? And then also when he talks about the Mormons who are, you know, he's teaming up with to make this to make this show, he calls them his brothers and his sisters. Hmm. So obviously, you know, he identifies with them. So that's all I need to know to make to to yeah. to prove that Dallas Jenkins is not saved. Yeah, I yep. think I think he's a universalist. If I sounds about right. Yeah. Don't quote me on that though, but I believe he is a universalist. <laughs> you say quote him on that? Okay, he's quote it by Cody. <laughs> make, make sure you cut that out. Make sure, yeah, <laughs> cut that out though. I just want to. Yeah. I don't want to be sued. But if it's true though, <laughs> keep it in there. <laughs> Can you look? That if you guys, you could just look that up later. Can you check that up, Ulysses? No. I'm <laughs> yeah, and then the 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 company. <clears throat> the company that distributes the chosen is by Mormons as well because it's Vid Angel, mm. which is owned by angel, angels. <laughs> yeah, actually owned by our uh, Moroni, I guess. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's owned by Mormons, so Mormons are producing it. Mormons are allowing this guy to film it on their site. They own fifty six percent of it. It sounds like it's made by Mormons, mm. <laughs> and in fact, okay, go ahead and pull up. Let me see some of these clips here. Just, just, just scroll down a bit. 
Just click on the first one. You don't have to open it. On the first one, you lie. On the first one. On the first one. All right. All right. Let's see here. All right. Go down. What's with the what's up with the LGBT wheel right there? I know. <laughs> what is that? Uh, keep going. What is Mac? Let's do see. That? Keep going. Keep going. That's the one. Okay. Open that up. Go ahead and make it large. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So let let, let it play. And turn it down. Just let it play. You like you suck oh. at this. This guy. This guy acts like he's never used a computer before. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Look. Okay. You see the very top on the corner, <laughs> the left hand corner of the video. That right there. Click on that. Yes, so metal. Right there. Okay. Now mute it. Pause it or mute? Just pause it. This guy doesn't know how to use volume <laughs> buttons or nothing. Okay, so this is a scene from The Chosen, okay? And this is from the Gospels where Jesus goes into the synagogue and he essentially begins to, or he goes into the temple and he begins to read out of uh, uh, the book of Isaiah, okay? And this is the famous passage where when Jesus reads for me, he's saying, you know, uh, uh, that he's been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, and he basically says at the end of the of, of the scripture there, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears yeah. because it's a prophecy of Jesus Christ coming to essentially preach the word of God. It's the time of their visitation, as the Bible would put it, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is what that scene's about. And of course, we know that the Pharisees get upset and all these things. And so there's this confrontation between him and a Pharisee in the chosen. Now, skip forward a little bit. While, while they're talking, uh, just go in the middle. Let's let's just go in the middle, see where that's at. So he's just like, so there's this one scene in here where where he's claiming to, you know, the, the, the guy's like, who are you claiming to be, you know? And he's like, he's claiming to be the Messiah. And this guy is just like, no, he's not saying that. And then Jesus is like, actually, I am kind of saying that. <laughs> it's just like really like blasphemous or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like kind of like uh, he they're, they're being kind of, facetious yeah. about the whole thing yeah like why would jesus say a word like kind of yeah or something like scoot, that scoot, scoot forward a little bit let's see keep going right there all right play it to speak same prophet shall die rabbi benjamin i beg of you not this Lazarus. it's fine jesus they're going to and then he like whispers something in his ear or something like that What the heck is going on? What's up with that music? Shout it upon the house tops, brother. When did Jesus ever just like whisper to someone, yeah. you know? Jesus. We're here, watch. If you do not renounce your words, we will have no choice but to follow the law of Moses. Shut up. Pharisees weren't able to do that. They can't just stone someone to death. I am the law of Moses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a novella or something. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Shut it off. Uh, I've seen enough. <laughs> Alright. So very dramatic scene, huh? Like and and you know, it's just like we have no choice but to follow the law of Moses. Because basically what they're saying is like if someone speaks presumptuously, they're a false prophet, and false prophets should be put to death. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And so the Pharisees are like, we have no choice but to follow the law of Moses, basically saying that they're going to kill him mm-hmm. because he's claiming to be Jesus, or claiming to be the Messiah, and they don't believe that, so they think he's a false prophet. And then Jesus walks up and he's just like, I am the law of Moses. Yeah. Now, people who don't know the Bible, they're just like, oh, burn, that's great. But what they don't realize is that's 3 Nephi 15, verse 9. And I don't know if anybody knows that, but 3 Nephi 15, verse 9, the book of Nephi is not in the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) It's in the book of Mormon. So people are like, no, it's not a Mormon film. Let me say this. They they probably quote more of the Book of Mormon than they do the actual scriptures themselves. They give biblical concepts in the video yeah. and in the show. And obviously, the, the the major thing about the Chosen is that they're highlighting uh, the miracles and you know things of that nature. They they obviously follow the storyline of the gospel mm-hmm. as far as the events are concerned, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though, and and that's what people argue. They're like. Well, you know, it's still somewhat like the Bible. Obviously, it's not going to be perfect. But here, herein lies the problem. Because Christians don't seem to have a problem with people adding to or taking away from God's Word. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's, that's the major thing that they're removing from the, the show is doctrine. And why do they remove doctrine? Because it's too offensive. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have a dramatic appeal like this. Yeah. Because there's sometimes where Jesus says things that were really offensive. They weren't funny, mm-hmm. you know. And there wasn't this climactic uh, scene where it's just like, "I am the law of Moses." There are instances in the Bible that he there were like that, but that's not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of it is just like these directors and writers saying, we'll just cut this out. We're not going to put this in there. Put the Beatitudes in there. Put this or put that. And so that's why I think it's pretty blasphemous. Yeah. Because what it's doing is it's causing people to be comfortable with undermining the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to uh, essentially defend the movie in the name of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, because Christians are like, well, I can't watch a Hollywood movie, so this is the best thing and you know nothing's perfect and they're just taking artistic liberty and i get taking artistic liberty right mm-hmm. like you, sometimes you got to take artistic liberty with certain things because you don't know exactly how it took place but when it comes to god's word though you can't take artistic liberty with no. that no and that's basically what the niv esv nasb and all these other modern versions do they take artistic liberty or how about the ebonics bible yeah, yeah. they take artistic liberty by changing it okay and so and I find that the vast majority of people who defend this show, who I've spoken to, because I've made a couple of videos about uh, Jonathan Rumi, they're women. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's just fact. And then, you know, some of the guys, um, there's some guys who are, are mad at that, but it's mostly women. Yeah. Because it has an emotional appeal to it. Yeah. I saw that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a novella. Well, it's almost like well, the whole premise of the show is just showing, like, just playing down God's word and playing down how Jesus is because it just gives, like, a flippant... Jesus, like it's like, oh, exactly. You know, I'm hanging out with everybody. Yep. You know, a lovable Jesus kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that what the Antichrist is going to be. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be this likable person. Yeah. And throughout the show, or at least the clips that I saw, he keeps calling what he's going to do a revolution. Oh, man. No, he's like, what? he's like, we're going to start a revolution. A revolution. Jesus never said he started a revolution. Yeah. What the heck is that? What is this, Che Guevara? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is that? 
Is the chosen biblically accurate? The chosen stays true to the details that are in the text of the New Testament. Each episode <coughs> takes artistic license to fill in the many blanks where the text does not go into detail. But this artistic license is all feasible considering the details that are provided. So what are they saying? They're basically saying we take artistic liberty to fill in the blanks of what the Bible doesn't give us. But the blanks that we're filling in are given to us by the rest of the Bible. But none of that is backed up by the Bible. No. They're basically just saying, filling in the Blake's meetings, we're, we're adding to God's word. They're just basically. adding yeah, to or, it. Let's, let's put the Book of Mormon in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know what? Christians who don't read the Bible don't notice it. They're like, oh, that's a cool line. Yeah, it's like, what is mm-hmm. that? It's, it's probably like Dude, I'm the, <laughs> I am the law of Moses. Yeah, and they made it all really dramatic and stuff. So obviously people will be, you know, they'll think like, oh, that was super epic. That, yeah, and now, that gave me the chills. This is going to be used of God. Yeah, and it's all from the Book of Mormon. God, Jesus Christ is the word of God, yeah. but he's referring to the actual written law, mm-hmm. yeah. which he said he came not to destroy, but to fulfill, mm-hmm. right? And so, and, and when it says, you know, when Jesus says, if you would have believed Moses, you would have believed me, he wrote of me, mm-hmm. right? It's referring to the prophetic statements made about Jesus Christ, okay? But nowhere does he say, I am the law of Moses. They're slipping that in there because yeah. of the fact that they need to appease their masters of, in the Mormon temple. Yeah. Jesus said that I am a lot of things. Like, I am the bread alive. I am the I'm door. The bread of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am, the, I am the true vine. Yeah. Yeah. I am the door. <laughs> I am the bread of life. The I am that I am. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you took our, some artistic liberty and he, he said, like, I am that I am, you know, I'd be like, okay, wrong story, bro. But at least you're quoting the Bible there, yeah. you know, but he, they're not even doing that. He's just like, I am the law of Moses. And again, so when it comes to this show, I believe it attracts two types of people. One, the ones who give a rip about doctrine mm-hmm. and they don't mind undermining it and they love being entertained. Okay. These are these watered down Christians and they're they're probably going to watch this, mm-hmm. and they're going to get very very offended at what I'm saying, okay? But it's true. You just need to face the facts. That's what it is. You're undermining God's word. You don't think it's important to you don't think it's important for this show to be biblically accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like well, you know, it's like whatever, okay? Now look, there's essentially documentaries that are ma- that are made or movies that are made about a person, about a group or whatever. Sometimes people take artistic liberty. That's fine because they're not God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the Bible. Yeah. You can't take artistic liberties with Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ or the word of God. Yeah. yeah. Because artistic liberty essentially is, in, is implying that you're taking away from or adding to the story. Mm-hmm. So it's going to attract those people. And it's going to cause people who are straddling the fence, who don't really know, to become watered down and cause them to undermine the Bible. Yeah. The other they, ones have already already doing that. Because they see all these other Christians that are watching, watching this and it, approving it. Leaders and that so, are watching it. Yeah, their pastors yeah. are watching it. So then it's just like, okay, maybe it's not that important. It gets the point across type of a thing. Which is isn't that what they say about like the modern versions of the Bible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well it gets the point across or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? But it gets a different point across. Yeah. It doesn't get the Bible's point across. It teaches false doctrine. Yeah. Well, like, like even my, <clears> my old <throat> pastor used to say, because uh, he used to talk about like the Passion of the Christ. You know, pa- when Passion of the Christ came out, he yeah. used to say, like, he's like, well, people get a lot of their doctrine from TV. 
And that's true. It's like this is like just instead of opening the Bible and actually seeing well the King James Bible and actually seeing what it actually says, yeah, they just watch a TV show and it's like, well, this is what it is. Yeah, I wonder how many people are watching The Chosen and then they're just like, you know what? I'm gonna read my Bible from cover <laughs> yeah. to cover. I wonder how many people have read the just the four Gospels. Period. All yeah, just the four Gospels by themselves. How many people are being inspired <laughs> to read the Word of God cover to cover? And when they re- and let's say they do and they come to the Gospels, they're gonna be like, oh, the movie's way more interesting than this. Mm-hmm. You know. Go back to the what, what, is, what does that say? Oh, that's that's the uh, that's the director, Dallas Jenkins. It says in the official trailer of the Chosen season three, the Pharisees warn Jesus that they may have to follow the uh, the punishment for blasphemy in the law of Moses if he continues his perceived blasphemy. In response, Jesus says, "I am the law of Moses." While the interaction is not directly taken from the Bible, it never would have occurred to me. When I saw the chosen season three trailer, that the statement would be spark would be the spark of another controversy. Oh yeah, because it's in a freaking <laughs> false book. <laughs> Alas, the paranoia and conspiratorial thinking of some uh, purveyors of discernment know no bounds. You're talking about us. Yeah. In the recent live stream, Dallas Jenkins was forced to address the scene and make it clear that it was not intentionally based on the Book of Mormon, as some people are claiming. We just slipped it in. We oh, didn't know it was going to be the Book I put of Mormon. There, I put that there on accident. <laughs> yeah. It says that in the Book of Mormon? Well, wow. He, well, here's the thing. When he was there, remember, he felt the presence of God. But so he was wasn't, inspired. But it wasn't God, capital G. Yeah, it's little G. Little G. The same yeah. God that inspired Joseph Smith. It's probably Moroni. <laughs> yeah. He did it intentionally. He put it there on accident. He's <laughs> Come on. This guy is an idiot. Yeah. Now, okay, you're on the perfect clip right there, Ulysses. So let me show you the artistic liberty that they take with this show. Okay. Now, oh, now look. Let, let, let me just explain something. When I write, when I write my sermons, <laughs> I write sermons. Yeah. You know, we write sermons, and even when you look at my notes, it's just verses. Mm-hmm. Like it, someone came up to me on Sunday, they're just like. I looked at your sermon notes. They're really basic. They're just verses. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all I got. <laughs> it's like the Bible. And everything else I preach from the heart. Now, Jesus is the greatest preacher that has ever lived yeah. because he is the word of God. Amen. Okay. And so he doesn't need to like revise what he says. No. You know, we, I'm, I'm a fallible person. I've made mistakes behind the pulpit. I misquote a verse, right? Like I, I'm just, I'm not inerrant. And so mm-hmm. I'll make mistakes or whatever. And maybe if I make a mistake in one sermon, somewhere down the road, if I ever preach on that same subject, I'll be sure to remember that so I don't make the mistake again. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to take this out because this isn't, I need to explain this a different way or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever Jesus explains, whatever he says is true because he is truth. Mm-hmm. Part of me doesn't want to know where this is going right now. You, I, I, you, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just building this up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what I'm saying is, you know, Jesus, when he, in the Gospels, he's not writing sermons. Mm-mm. He's not like, hmm, oh, what okay. should I make? <laughs> you know, just writing out the <laughs> What Beatitudes. should I inspire or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, and, <laughs> and, and you know what else he's not doing? He's not taking anyone's advice on how to preach yeah. or right. what the word of God says. Right? Yeah. Like, he's not going to his disciples like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, sometimes I'll go to the church members and I'm like, hey, I found this in the Bible. What do you think about this interpretation of this specific parable mm-hmm. or, you know, this picture that we see in the Old Testament or something? Because I'm not, uh, I'm not infallible. 
And therefore, you know, maybe I'm not seeing something. Someone else can have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. They can bring up another scripture, right? Mm -hmm. But Jesus didn't have to do that because he is the word of God. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, O ye fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And then he says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he uh, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So right off the bat, when he's talking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, he's just spitting verses. Mm-hmm. He's like, Psalm says this, and, you know, the law says this. And he's just like quoting verses because he is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not like pulling out a sermon. He's just like, all right, I had Matthew write this out for me. He's my scribe, so you know th- th- this is what the Bible says. He is the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Play the clip. <laughs> Which section stands out to you the most? Do not be anxious about your life, of course. Are there any sections that concern you? Stop it. Give me your honest opinion. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, are there any sections in the sermon that concern you? Because I don't, want, I don't want to offend you or anything. I, I thought he said in John chapter 6, doth this offend you? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just proceeds to just keep preaching it. Yeah. He's like, what is your... He didn't even give him a chance to give him an, to give an opinion. He's like, so <laughs> yeah, this is... face like, oh, I don't want to offend you, right? <laughs> this is Matthew. So the show... Let me explain something, okay? Apparently, the show has Matthew and different, you know, Mark, Luke, and John... And anytime you have a, a, a Bible or a gospel event, some story going on, and he's like healing someone, they're in the background like writing it. So they literally think that the, that the <laughs> disciples were just transcribing everything that took place like right as it, it happened. happened. It's like a diary or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know those people in the court that like they have to like, yeah, they're yeah, typing yeah, 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 yeah. Words, but they have the to write it really quick. Yeah. Right? So they literally believe that the disciples were just... 24 hours a day just writing every single jot and tittle of everything that Jesus Christ did. And, you know, the viewer might think, well, isn't that what happened? Weren't they testifying of what they saw? Yes, but hold on a second. The Gospels were not written on the day of yeah, the event. Yeah, on the spot, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, when you study the Bible, which is something you should do instead of studying the chosen, mm. okay, you you find out that the Gospels were the, actually the books that were written last in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Long after the book of Acts and the epistles of Paul, the epistles of Peter, and even the book of Revelation. You're like, wait a minute, I thought Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were the beginning of the the Gospels. Yeah, chronologically, of course. Because chronologically, that's how it took place. Mm -hmm. But when they were written, they were written way later. And someone may say, well, no, I don't believe that because then there could be all types of inaccuracies because they would have forgotten. Well, good, because the Bible actually says that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yep. So they were inspired by God to write the word of God way after the events. Okay. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus is checking in with his disciples to make sure it's it's like understandable yeah. or something. Palatable. Go on, keep playing. Give me your honest opinion. I know I don't have to say that, but go through. You know I won't be offended. It's well very striking. Matthew's gay. If yeah. I do the math in terms of like, good news and bad, it seems like there's not a lot of good news. Anyone who looks at the woman with lust has already committed adultery. Doesn't that make everyone an adulterer? If your right eye Ooh. causes you to sin, gouge it out. 
Wouldn't that lead to an entire population of people walking around with only one eye? Oh, and this one. If anyone were to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well? Mm. Trees that bear bad fruit being cut down and torn into the fire. The gate is narrow and hard that leads to life. Oh, hard it leads Depart to life. from me, I never knew you. Do you realize how heavily laden your sermon is with these kinds of ominous pronouncements? I haven't even named half of them. It's a manifesto, Matthew. It's a manifesto? manifesto? I'm not here to be sentimental and soothing. I'm here to start a revolution. Well, See? Love your enemies. What do you mean? You sound sentimental and soothing. What are you talking about? I'm talking about not a radical shift. Re Did you think oh, I was just going shift. to come here and say, hey, everyone, just uh, keep doing what you've been doing for the last thousand years since it's been going so great? Stop. Stop it. Oh, Wait, oh, so so he's he's the Jesus of, of the chosen is claiming that all the believers from the Old Testament transitioning into the New Testament have been doing it wrong. He goes, keep doing what you've been doing for the last thousand years. There's saved people who transition yeah. from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Peter was saved. <laughs> There's all types of people that were saved that transitioned. Obviously, the nation as a whole is, is pretty bad, but he's claiming as though, like, they just started this. What do you mean this revolution? What are you talking yeah, about? It's been an awakening or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, radicalization and all that. Yeah, uh, this is a revolution. Uh, my manifesto. It sounds communist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep playing it. Also, there's the beginning and the end. What about the beginning? My concern about the beginning is more logistical. Right now, your opening line is, you are the salt of the earth. I'm worried, particularly if it is windy, or if the crowd is larger than we expect, that people near the back will hear, salt the earth, and it will immediately call to mind a negative connotation. Where does it say the this in the Bible? Yes. When Stop Rome it. destroyed Carthage, they sold the city with salt to make it. So where, where in the word of God does Jesus take Matthew aside and say, hey, what do you think about how I'm starting my sermon here? Because yeah. according to what he's quoting here is Matthew chapter 5. Okay? Yeah. And Matthew chapter 5 begins with the Beatitudes. And after the Beatitudes and the persecution that he talks about, then he gets into being the salt of the earth. And the show, he claims, the show's claiming that Jesus starts off his thoughts with you being the salt of the earth. And then later on, he implements the Beatitudes. And then they have this moment where it's just like, and then we'll talk about the salt of the earth. And Matthew's all, oh, yeah, that sounds great. As if like Jesus didn't have it the right to begin with. When Jesus talked about the Beatitudes, he just preached it from the heart. Yeah. Right then and there. He doesn't need someone to write it for him. This yeah, is so and, stupid. And, and converse about how they're how, how to structure, how to make sure that they understand. And honestly, this whole scene is just kind of like mocking God's word. Really, it yeah. is mocking they're God's just word. Just like, oh, you're saying like you're saying this and stuff, and then you know the guy playing Jesus is like, mm. he's trying to make it palatable for the for the masses or whatever. It's trying to make it. It's supposed to be a scene that's funny, like it's comical, yeah. like talking about how. And you know what? Ma I is. guarantee you, Matthew was not this disrespectful. No. Or he's or, just or this like, gay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like, he, he's like, he doesn't like the way he's writing it. He doesn't like the structure of the sermon or whatever. It's weird. This is not in the Bible, folks. Yeah. No. And he's just like, well, it gets the point across. It gets the point across that this is an apostate show. Yeah. That's the point that it gets across. I would encourage you to actually go read the book of Matthew written by Matthew and tell me if you find this entire scene in the yeah. Bible. Keep playing it. 
Oh, we're this is and by the way, let, let me say this before you before you hit play. But, but go hover over the play button though. <laughs> this right here, it, wait, hey, I said before before hit play. This guy, this MC over here. This right here is nothing compared to what I'm going to show you in just a bit. Oh man, <laughs> this is this isn't even the worst parts. Okay? You think this is bad? You think this is bad? This is actually like uh, tame. Warming up, warming yeah. up for the bad stuff. All right, keep going. To curse anyone who would rebuild upon it. I share your concern about the opening line, but I share your concern. I think the sermon needs some sort of introduction, an invitation into. What, as you have rightly pointed out, would be a complex and at times challenging set of teachings. <laughs> what does the word the salt of the earth even mean? I'm not good at metaphor. All right, stop it. I'm done. I'm done with salt this. Salt preserves meat from corruption. It slows. So he's like, he's like, I, I agree with your concerns. You know, I think it needs an introduction. And in the other scene where they're discussing how to write this sermon, because, you know, Jesus spent like a week, you know, trying to write this sermon. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, he he's he's like a, a human being that is fallible. Apparently, in this in this show, he basically comes up with the Beatitudes later, and he's like, the Beatitudes are the map, and it's a map that shows people who to go to to find the truth, dude, bro. Wow. So basically, he's saying is like dude. the reason he even came up with the Beatitudes is to give unsafe people a map. Of who to go to to find the truth. <laughs> and then he talks about the salt of the earth. But here's the thing. That's not what the Bible teaches. <laughs> yeah. The Bible teaches that we yeah. are to go to them. We are to go mm. to the sinner and preach the gospel unto them. Mm-hmm. God didn't give them a map. No, They gave them the law of God written in their hearts. They gave, he gave them the testimony of creation. And there's churches, there's Christians, obviously, but the Bible commissions Christians to go out and preach the gospel to them. Yeah. You didn't give them a map. Yeah. What is that? All right. Keep going. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll skip that one for now. What is this? Oh, we should save this one. Or we should just do it right now, huh? <laughs> Okay. Rip the band-aid off. Yeah, let's just rip, <laughs> let's that, just rip the band-aid uh, off right now. Wait, 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 wait. Pa- pa- pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Okay. <laughs> Got to prepare Folks, us for this one. <laughs> if after this you still like the chosen, you don't love the Bible. Mm. That's just it. You don't love the Bible. Preach it. Call yourself King James only too. <laughs> because what I'm about to show you right now, I mean everything is unbiblical <laughs> in the show, but this is one of the most unbiblical things you will ever see. Okay, now <laughs> this is the actor that plays Judas Iscariot, this guy right here. And in this clip, he's essentially de- he's describing the character development of Judas. Judas is mentioned in the Gospels. Not much is mentioned about him. You say, why is that? Because the information that is given is what God wants us to know about mm-hmm. Judas. Yeah. Okay. There is no character development in the gospel regarding Judas. Yeah. It's just plain and simple. Okay. Yeah, he was the devil from the beginning. So there's <laughs> oh, a, there's oh, no oh. character development. Well, you know what, Cody? Okay, you're, you're judging, okay? <laughs> because apparently, according to The Chosen, he wasn't the devil from the beginning. 
Oh. And you're going to see right now, he was a man with good intentions. <laughs> who really wanted to follow Jesus. I feel bad now for judging him. Yeah, shame on you. <laughs> hey, brother, you need to read, you know, uh, Maccabees 5. You stinking legalist. Judge not. <laughs> Pharisee. Judge not lest he be judged, bro. <laughs> oh, wait. Check this out. This, this blew my mind. Hit it. Hello, my name is Luke Dimian. And I play John the Beloved. Hmm? What? No, I can't get away. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm Luke. I, I play Judas. I'm sorry. I just wanted maybe like 10 minutes of <laughs> judgment. Being Judas. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I think what Judas goes through in the first episode, listening to the sermon, is a revelation. Realizing that there is someone saying the words that he's been wanting to hear all his life. Wow. And okay, he, pause. more than anything, <laughs> knows that he wants to be a part of that. Yeah. Why didn't wow. they take up a collection? They could be living dude. like kings. I'm going with them. Did you hear what he said? This guy said that he heard the... So he's, he's claiming that he heard a sermon from Jesus, and he's just like, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. I want to follow. I hope it's John chapter 8 is what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you are your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, what you do. Uh, okay, keep going. I'm going to make commentary, but but keep going. Dad, Dad, why didn't they take up a collection? They could be living like kings. I'm going with them. What? He's finally found a purpose that he's willing to die for. Uh, hit pause. Whoa. Yeah, that purpose is like stealing money. <laughs> The purpose is being the treasurer of one of the 12 disciples. And then hanging himself. And then stealing money. And yeah, he did die for it. Yeah. Yep. He died for 30 pieces of silver. He hung himself. Go ahead. Don't you want to do something that will really matter? That will be remembered throughout history. Hit pause. It's, it's well, you know what? You know, that, that is a true statement because we do remember Judas to this very day. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he is a historical figure. Throughout history, for sure. <laughs> As being one of the most wicked people who's burning in the lowest hell. Go ahead. I know that he went into it with the most genuine of expectations of just hoping to be a helpful part. I believe you are going <laughs> to change the world. Did you hear what he said? He's like, I know that he went in. You would think this actor would read the Bible and like he like learned the yeah, character he learned before the <laughs> he did this show. Like, most do you know who you're talking about here? Yeah, most actors like they they prepare like heavily and invest in and investigate Time the character and yeah. figure out his they 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 read books and biographies and like watch Dallas, documentaries. Dallas Jenkins came up to him was like, "You want to make some money? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that bag." He's <laughs> like Judas. <laughs> <laughs> he literally says that he started out with the best of intentions. <laughs> is that the Book of Mormon? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the Bible literally says that he was a devil from the beginning. Yeah. That means he went into this whole thing with the intention with to the steal money. Wicked intentions. With yeah. bad intentions. Yeah. yeah. Not good intentions. He is what the Bible refers to as the son of perdition. Yeah. Keep playing it. I want to be a part of that. So, so this season we're introduced to Judas's family, or what's left of his family, uh, through his older sister, uh, who we find also working very diligently. And in that we see a very cautious and concerned older sister. 
Why are you gonna steal from God? That's what you said when I joined the mining company. Uh, whether that's from Judas's past mistakes or, or mm. maybe a, a previous need to constantly prove himself mm -hmm. to her or to those around him. Mm. We see this concerned but so obviously you see the intention of the show is to get people to sympathize with judas yeah oh yeah whereas the bible leave when you read the gospels you leave with a uh uh a detest for him yeah, yeah. like you despise him mm -hmm. because he's such a wicked and evil person the actor they even chose too is like this timid nerdy like yeah hey i'm judas guys you know? that's pretty good yeah. that's pretty good I, you know, I, oh, I'm just, I'm I just want to be a part of something. I'm just trying big. To, yeah. I'm just trying to have good intentions. Yeah. You know, just, so, but, but when you read the gospels, you do not get that vibe. Mm -hmm. This is a different vibe yeah. from the Bible. You, you, read, <laughs> you read about Judas. He's like, oh, this could have been given to the poor. But then it says, like, and then oh. it, the narrator tells you, <laughs> yeah. he did, he said it's not because he cared for the poor, but because he was uh, a covetous person. He was yeah. a thief Yeah, mm -hmm. and he wanted the money basically. So anytime Judas is mentioned, it's always in a negative light. Yeah. Yep. Always in a negative light. God's word highlights Judas 100% of the time in a negative light. There's never a time in the Gospels where he specifically mentioned doing something good, mm -mm. believing something good. Mm -mm. Never. Because mm -mm. even when it sounds, even when the Bible seems to highlight something that he says that is good, the narrator clarifies that for you and says, hey, don't be mistaken. It's not because he cared for the poor. Yeah, no. It's yeah. because he he loves money. This show's doing the opposite. This show's doing the opposite. So it's 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 create it's developing this character in order to get people. It's pulling at the the heartstrings of the audience to try to get them to sympathize with Judas. Mm -hmm. Now, why would they do that? Because Judas is the antagonist of the Gospels. Yeah, he's the one who betrays Jesus. The son of perdition. He's the yeah. son of perdition, and in fact, he is essentially a symbolic representation. Yeah, of the Antichrist. Yep. Bottom line, mm -hmm. but why are they trying to, um, you know, glorify him or make him this like I don't know anti-villain or something like that? Where it's just like, oh, he was just mistaken and he started off good and this is how people get, you know, yeah, rough get go. No, yeah, he's yeah. he just had a rough upbringing. You know, his sister Devon. Yeah. That's her name is like, or something. Okay, I never seen her. His sister. You don't have a sister. What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? His sister's Devon. You know, and he's like, he has the best of intentions. His sister's so concerned about him and stuff. That never happened. <laughs> Where is this coming from? But you know what? There's some lady watching the Chosen right now. Yeah, just watching this character development. Like, I know some Judas is in my life. <laughs> Your pastor's probably one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's getting people, it's getting Christians to sympathize with wicked people. Yeah. Yep. Whereas the Bible, okay, King David, when writing a psalm about Judas, because yeah. this is prophesied, Judas Iscariot was prophesied in the Old Testament. Yeah. Yep. Pictures of him all the time, but specifically in the Psalms, where they specifically said, you know, I can't think of the verse right now. What is it? It's Psalm 55. Let me just pull. Let's just pull it up. Okay. I, I, I'm fallible, so I'm going to misquote it. Where is it? It's Psalm 70, actually. Okay. A psalm about Judas Iscariot. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. No, this is about the Jews. <laughs> 
Close, close. Pretty close. <laughs> they both start with J's. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm going to pull this up real quick because this is very important. You guys can talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Don't don't keep playing it though. I think that guy, <laughs> the the, uh, the Judas guy is Armenian. Dang, good thing Brother Hyde's not here today. <laughs> That's probably why he didn't want to come. He's all nah. Makes sense. He's a, that guy's he's a good man. He's he would have sympathized a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay, there it is. Psalm one hundred and nine. So in Psalm one hundred and nine, this is a psalm written about Judas Iscariot. Now this is never going to get quoted in the in the show, okay? Because it's just too hardcore. <laughs> That's Old Testament, brother. Yeah, that doesn't count, brother. All right. This is about Judas Iscariot. Listen to this. Let his days be few. <laughs> and let it and let it let another take his office. About that nice guy, that nice timid. Yeah, the guy who had the good right intentions, there. who wanted to do something big, who who was just very genuine. David, who's a picture of Jesus Christ, says, Nah, let his days be few. And then he says, Let another take his office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now before I read on, because it's good, it's always good to cross-reference, you know, because some um, theologian who's never read the Bible will say, how do you know I was talking about Judas, right? But in the, mm. in the, uh, the book of Acts, when they're selecting a new apostle to replace Judas because Judas killed himself, the apostle Peter said, in Acts chapter 1, verse 19, and it was known unto all the dwellers of Jerusalem, so much as the field is called in their proper tongue Al Sadama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Yeah. Mm. That's another way of saying, Let another take his office. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he's paraphrasing a lot there, but look what it goes on to say Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath, and let the stranger spoil his labor. And, and let me just say this. is like, well, you know, that's Old Testament. David just saying from his own heart, he is inspired by God to write this. <laughs> yeah. If this is something that God didn't want in the Bible, you know what God would have done? He would have not allowed it to be in the Bible. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you know that? If God was just like, I don't believe that, that's his opinion, but he put it in the Bible because it's true. It's and in vibe. fact, it's prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This well, is the, hey, well, this is the vibe of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people who watch The Chosen and love The Chosen probably say, have that same viewpoint about King David in the Psalms, that it's just, oh, oh, yeah. it's just David. Yep. It's just him talking. That's not God. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Not even God. Neither let, be, let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Mm. He said, like, don't even let his descendants be saved. Man. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord. And let, us, let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth, because he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart, referring to Jesus. As he loved cursing, so let it come upon him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like as with a garment. So he wasn't genuine. He wasn't sincere. He didn't have the best of intentions. He clothed himself with cursing as with a garment. So let it come into his bowels like water and like oil into his bones, which is one of the reasons why his party bowels gushed out. Yeah. yeah. 
Let it be unto him as a garment which covereth him, and for a girdle uh, wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of mine adversary from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. I, I didn't see any of that. I, in that you know, that, that doesn't <laughs> sound that like that guy right there. It <laughs> doesn't know? sound like good intentions. <laughs> it sounds like God hates Judas Iscariot. Yeah. But they're painting some picture as though some this guy is just sincere. He was just led astray. This guy was wicked. Keep playing it. Let's 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 continue on here. Concerned but comforting character. So <laughs> Yo, what? How this person that he can relate to intimately and empathetically that you're not afraid will judge him. Like you can just expect that this character, no matter what, has the best intentions for Judas. And go follow your rabbi. Go follow your rabbi. Get that money. Was, was Devon mentioned in the Psalms? <laughs> I am. There's more to him because there's more to all of us. We've all made mistakes. When Judas hears Jesus tell him to go out by two and he's paired with Simon right out of the get-go, uh, I think he's genuinely terrified. I, I think there's a moment that he thought that there'd be at least a transitioning period mm -hmm. where he'd convert to the group slowly but surely he'd earn his way up because I, I think he really wants a leadership position of his mm -hmm. own. Like that's what he wants. He wants yeah. to for have sure. a say yeah. in how Dude. the group functions and how the Bro, group for works. Sure. I've developed some ideas on ways we can generate income to sustain our ministry in a reliable way. Hmm. I He's think it's theft. important. He's like, that give the me all the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because, as, as just one of the group, as one of the disciples, because why, why wouldn't he be? Let's yeah. please welcome Judas to the group. It's very easy for us to judge someone who's just done something wrong. I don't even like but it. But it's yeah. important to showcase that. <laughs> it's that's it's not super easy to just judge there someone who's wrong. There is more to these people Jesus that we think are so easily written off. And so it's, I'm sorry, but it surprises me uh -huh. so much when people ask, is it surprising when you see these villains in a dynamic fashion that you see? I was like, no, I'm only surprised it took so long. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Damn, that last comment is like super blasphemous. He's basically saying no wonder it took so long for Judas to like betray Jesus in a sense. Unbelievable. Like, to get his villain moment or something. He's all, he's all three and a half years. <laughs> I would have done it in the first. <laughs> Man. Shows a good guy to play the part. I mean, that's so much bull crap yeah. on that clip about Judas Iscariot. And it, it, it boils my blood because Judas is such a wicked person in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And essentially what the show is doing is undermining what God's view is of yeah. a person. No, God's view of a person is merciful. He's not, though. Yeah. The, and of all people, the, the man who betrayed Jesus Christ. The man who betrayed Jesus Christ, the son of perdition, the man who was a devil from the beginning, who did not believe. Yeah. He's not someone who just was led astray. He joined Jesus' disciples and followed Jesus, quote unquote, with nefarious intent. Yeah. Not with sincerity, not because he wanted to do something big, not because he believed in Jesus. He did it because he was an infiltrator. Yeah. Yep. That's what the Bible's teaching there is that he's an infiltrator. He's a wicked person. But this guy is like, it's trying to get people to sympathize with the evil man, with the villain, and make him seem as though like, and you know why? Because 
these churches are filled with infiltrators. Yeah. Yep, filled with Judases. And you know, I'm pretty sure the one who's developed this character for this show was probably an infiltrator. Yeah. Because it's going to make it easier for infiltrators to infiltrate churches and, you know, reprobates and Judas Iscariots and thieves and child molesters yeah. to infiltrate mm-hmm. churches under the guise of, well, I was just... Like, before, you you couldn't, you couldn't go into a congregation and be like, well, I'm just like Judas Iscariot, you know? Because people are like, well, bro, like, yeah, that's, that's wicked. Yeah. But then now, with this, like, I'm like, Judas Iscariot, I'm just misunderstood. He's like, oh, man. Yeah, I saw The Chosen. <laughs> I Definitely, bro. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Dude, yeah. yeah. I get you, bro. I get yeah. your vibe, bro. You want to be the treasurer, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude. My goodness. All right, what else? Let's see what we got here. We're reacting here to The Chosen. This is great. This, this show was bad. I didn't know how bad. What's it was, the next but one? It was like bad, bad. Uh, well, I knew okay. Bad. All right. So go ahead and click on that and put pause. When you do. All right. So sk- skip forward a little bit. Okay, right there. D- don't play. Don't press play yet. So this is Nicodemus and Jesus. Okay. Now, whether you want to believe Nicodemus got saved or not is irrelevant, okay? We just want to be accurate to what the Bible says, all right? So there's a bunch of stuff added to this. And people will make the argument, well, he quotes John 3.16, and it's true, he does. I mean, he doesn't quote it like the John 3.16 of the King James, but, you know, it's 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 there. It's like the NIV or the ESV. It's like they're yeah. not going to completely... Well, you you couldn't take out John three sixteen if you're doing a scene like this, yeah. Because John three sixteen is known, you know, by every Christian, yeah, and even unsaved people. So if you like misconstrued John three sixteen, everyone would know. So you have to add a little bit of truth there, you know what I mean, in order to make sure that you kind of deflect from what your true intentions are. But this is a discourse between Nicodemus and Jesus from John chapter three. And a bunch of stuff is added. So let's go ahead and watch it real quick. I'll make commentary uh, uh, throughout the clip. Right, shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, he comes to him by night, right? That's accurate. The eastern slums. Mm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds. Hmm. But they're... Rhetoric and fiery tone. Hmm. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. Hmm. So you know the type. Hmm. Oh, okay, stop wow. it. Stop it. Okay. Did you catch that? About fundamental so, Baptist. Oh, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nicodemus, obviously this isn't from the Bible. Mm-hmm. But he says, you know, I've heard a lot of preachers in the past very with their rhetoric and fiery preaching. And Jesus is like, mm, yeah, I've heard it myself. In the synagogues, they're downplaying yeah. hard preaching. Yep. Okay. Why is this, so? Is this is this like intentional? Of course it is. It's a subtle attack on yeah. biblical preaching. Yeah. So it's making it seem as though Jesus is against fiery preaching. Yeah. Even though he basically comes with the same spirit that every prophet of the Old Testament came in. Yeah. So he, he, this show is discredit. It's making Jesus discredit all the prophets who came before him, like Ezekiel, where he told him, like, Eze- "Smite with your, uh, stomp with your foot, uh, and slap slap your thigh with or your Isaiah, hand." Or Isaiah, make your voice as a trumpet. Yeah, you know? cry out loud yeah. and spare not, and show my people their transgression. Yeah, 
Because biblical preaching is supposed to be hard. Yeah. Baba says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So here we have Nicodemus saying fiery rhetoric, you know, those fundamental Baptist types. And then Jesus is like, mm, yeah, I've heard that myself. Or, or John the Baptist. What about John the Baptist? Yeah. <laughs> well, here they don't call him John the Baptist. Really? Whoa. They call him the baptizer. Because, and that's also intentional. Because wow. you don't want to call him John the Baptist yeah. because there's a group out there of who they're referring to, mm-hmm. the fiery, the, the preachers with the fiery rhetoric who are called Baptists. Yeah. And the Bible does talk about John the Baptist. They're like, oh, he's the baptizer. Keep playing it. Are we good uh, how, how does he baptize in this? In this uh, I, think I have done never heard videos. anyone tell the paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature, a conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, and stop it. Born again. So they're trying to make it seem as though the Nicodemus of the Chosen understands more than the Nicodemus of the Bible. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, you talk about a conversion, <laughs> 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 which is what being born again is, yeah. right? Yeah. To become a new creature. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. But Nicodemus of the Bible, yeah, he didn't understand any of that. Yeah, keep keep playing it. (laughs) Returned the womb because that would be a problem for me. My mother, if she rest in peace, is dead. (laughs) What? Truly, I say to you. What's going on? No, 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 that's not it. Play it right there. Oh, no, no, you went too far. You went too far. Right there. Just play it. Let's see where you're at. Complained against God and against Moses. Oh. Okay, we'll the wilderness of okay, go back. That's what it is. And that which is born of this person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit 
his spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. So scoot, scoot forward a little bit. This is, uh, this is too cheesy for me right yeah. now. <laughs> Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. What is this? What, I have I come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel... He says I came to do more than speak words. ...in the wilderness of Paran. Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the man that God sent them. And then they were bitten. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him this has nothing to do with sin. will not be condemned. But whoever so does not believe stands condemned already. See, he's writing in the background. <laughs> Bro, I'm writing the gospel right now, bro. Yeah, I gotta catch Lilith, this, bro. Mary, that day. I told my wife and my students I she was beyond human aid. Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? To lead a nomadic life? To, to give up who I am? It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? What? Take your time. The fifth day we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Is, is this. Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? What does your heart what tell you? My heart heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, brother. This turn into a Disney movie quick. <laughs> <laughs> could tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. When does Nicodemus ever do this? And why is like Jesus' eyes like all glossy? <laughs> like, like every scene is like that. <laughs> holy roof. 
have to do that. What are you doing? What? What did he say? He said you don't have to do that. What are you doing? Oh. I missed that in John chapter 3. I want to read the real John chapter 3 now. It's like, yo, this is way too corny for me right now. You can come in, Miss Ashley. Chapter 3, verse 36. <laughs> chapter 3, verse 36. <laughs> no, no, no. Verse 37, bro. <laughs> I'm so confused. 37 through like 48 or something. Just extra stuff. Can you believe this? Can you believe that? It, it also sounded like... Um, the guy playing Jesus was saying to Nicodemus he has to give up his life to yeah. see the kingdom of God yeah. too. Whereas the emphasis of John chapter 3 is, is that you have to believe on Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. So he's implying that in order for him to be a part of this kingdom, he has to give up everything mm -hmm. in order to have it. But that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. Right. The Bible says we have to believe on Jesus Christ, Amen. and that's it. So you see, even though they quote, because he does quote, we skipped the part, but he does quote John 3, 16, which I'm mm -hmm. willing to readily admit that. But you see how like works are added to that. Yeah. By saying he has to give up everything. He's like, oh, I know you're old and you have a status. You have a position. That would mean that I have to give up everything. <laughs> He's like, I know it's hard. And then when the guy begins to worship him, as many did in the Gospels, yeah. Jesus is like, what are you doing? You don't have to do that. Yeah, Jesus yeah, never crazy. did that. Jesus never said that. Yeah. It's crazy. When they would bow, they would bow. They would bow and yeah. he would allow them to because yeah. he's God. Yeah. But, you know, it's good that he didn't bow to him because, obviously, he's not God. <laughs> so, isn't that crazy? All right, let's see if there's any more we're going to react to. Um, go, to the, go to the top. Let's see. What's they try the to make it so dramatic, too. Like, where yeah. Jesus is like, Very. in five days we leave. We ride at dawn. It's like, <laughs> you know, go to the next one. Um, let me see here. Go ahead and play this one. This is the woman at the well. And... Um, this is talk about adding a bunch of stuff. Now wait, hit pause real quick. I truly believe from the bottom of my heart to the top of my from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head that the chosen is made for women. <laughs> I believe that. I truly believe that. Because it 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 you know, someone who is just like biblically sound, you know what I mean, who actually reads the Bible, mm -hmm. And doesn't care about the emotional aspect of like this. They're not going to care. <laughs> yeah. But you know, women can be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. That Nicodemus scene was a little a very over the top for <laughs> very over the top. It yeah. fell over the cliff. I don't think a lot of men will be interested in a scene like no. that. <laughs> but you know, you get some some lady who's trying to transition out of soap operas or whatever. You know, some drama would have cried at that scene right there. They right? would have been tearing up and everything, and not cared what the Bible actually says. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the reason I bring that up is because this particular scene is very much geared towards women. Mm. Okay. Now, we remember this. This is in John chapter 4. Yeah. Okay. Where Jesus runs into the Samaritan woman at the well. He calls her out on, you know, the fact that she's had five husbands and that she's committing fornication because she's living with the husband that she's with. She tries to change the subject. He brings her back and then basically... She goes home. She tells everyone about what Jesus, you know, uh, that he prophesied of her. And they, he's the Messiah, basically, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I'm paraphrasing. But that's the gist of John chapter 4. Yeah. Okay. Now, this adds a bunch of 
stuff that is just obviously not in the Bible, as we've seen with the other clips. The difference being is that she, she he like begins to name all her husbands. <laughs> what the? <laughs> and she's like, oh. and he's like, and he did this to you, and he did this to you, like trying to like basically show that it wasn't her fault. It was like the guy's fault or something. Oh. Watch, I, I'm doing a disservice to the explanation. Let's see this this gay crap right now. <laughs> Would you give me a drink? Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask her to drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. When does Jesus I ever apologize? Said, Please. And when does he ever say please? You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. <laughs> Never, bro. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon. Oh, is that, no is that really so what the Bible says? She's basically saying no one's Why willing to be seen, seen with me because they're ashamed of her. Long story. Still, like a drink of water, if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our sister Jacob, <laughs> who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. <laughs> and everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wow. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> you're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. Not but it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. Not in the Our Bible. ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. Oh, break the barriers. And the time is coming when neither oh, on racial this mountain tension. nor <laughs> in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank him, even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit, 
and the time is coming and is now here, that it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshipper he's looking for. Not you, it won't matter where you're from or what you've done. <laughs> Do you believe what I'm telling you? Until the Messiah comes. You're just like every other man. <laughs> and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong. When you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of. I am he. The first one was named Ramin. Like Top Ramen? <laughs> you were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. <laughs> he hurt you. Still ringing in and the he ears made you right question now. marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. <laughs> On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Yo. you pass by the oranges in the market, oh, was it mangoes? Like <laughs> for leaving him, because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. He smelled like lemon. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? The third one I have not was <laughs> Messiah. You are the first. He's more like good if you believed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing's makes me smell curry. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just right, to meet right. you. <laughs> this is stupid. Do you think it's an accident? You can see, I, you I see how that's geared towards like, you can see how this gear, this is geared to like some divorced woman. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. It's like God understands you. You know, your your first husband or whatever mm. did this, and you're. It's all the man's fault. Yeah. You know, this is not in the Bible. And if anything, the like the character, like the obviously the Samaritan woman, she wanted to hear it, and then over here she's like, "I don't want to hear it." You know, you're yeah. being, you're condemning me, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, he's like, "You're <laughs> condemning me for this." But she was like trying to avoid, yeah, and trying to change the subject, and then he brought her back on course, and then she believed, and she ended up going back and getting the guys to come, the men yeah. to come from the city, and they got saved as well. Mm. But this is over here trying to. I feel like this is taking jabs at the male authority. Yeah, yeah. it's like a feminist. It's type a very of a, much yeah, feminist, yeah. and it's like pulling at the heartstrings of all these single women out there who have all these bad men in their lives or something. Mm. You know what I mean? But Jesus women, never said anything like that. And women who have been divorced or something like that, or they like, were in an abusive relationship, or they committed fornication or whatever it may be. It's just like, I'm not worthy. I, I can't trust anybody. I don't trust man or whatever. You know, it's just like, that's not what the chapter's about. <laughs> no. I'm here to break down the barrier. I'm, yeah, the racial barrier <laughs> between Samaritans and Israelites. It's like, that's All not communist, what the communist, feminist. <sighs> it's, it's a grief. Yeah. Let me see if there's one more. Social uh, justice. Yeah, social crap. justice okay. nonsense. Let's see. Jesus arrives in Decapolis. Uh, now nah, we will skip that one. Let's see what's what's another one. Uh, Jesus feed the five thousand. 
Nah. Actually, go down to keep going. Jesus raises. Keep going. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Right there. Let's go to John the Baptizer. John the Baptizer, dude. King of the universe. Let's save those big titles for today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's save those big titles. Don't call me those big titles. Wow. You know, because Jesus is not about titles. Ah, uh, yes. What do we have here? These are two of your cousin's disciples, Avner and Nadal. Jesus of Nazareth? That name I respond to readily. Well, I'll not be returning to Nazareth in this lifetime. The baptizer has an urgent question for you. I recognize you from the day John introduced me to Andrew. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Yes. Good memory. My cousin can get excited. Hmm. So. So hold on. Pause it there. Pause it there. So, you know, the Jesus of the Chosen is taking shots at John the Baptist. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my cousin can get a little excited. Because John the Baptist in the Bible is portrayed as being a fiery preacher. Yeah. Which is why he has the spirit of Elijah. Because Elijah was a fiery preacher. Yeah. So Jesus of the Chosen is here to just kind of like, hey, you know, yeah, these guys, they're, they're, they're getting a little excited. These fundamentalists and they're mm. fiery. I've heard them before. Kind of downplaying yeah. the preaching of the Bible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because that's not what the Bible says. Yeah. The Bible never says of, that Jesus speaks of John the Baptist. He says he's the greatest. Yeah, who's yeah. born among women. Yep. And he he even says Jesus the Bible says that he came in the spirit of Elijah <laughs> because of the fact that Elijah was a fiery preacher, just like John the Baptist was a fiery preacher. So keep going here. This is a fake Jesus. Simon brought us in haste. This isn't appropriate here. We can talk later. Simon? I actually think now is the perfect time. Who here has experienced John the Baptizer in some way? John the Baptizer. I know some of you rejected John, but some of you believed his message. He has had a profound impact on so many in this region. And these are two of his disciples, so let's welcome them. Hmm? When does that ever happen? Some of you may also know that John is currently imprisoned by Herod in Machairus. I think it would be instructive for us to hear what's on his mind in the midst of such challenge. It's a difficult question. It might be better privately. It's fine. This is healthy. So do you see what he, what's being done here? Uh, hit pause, Ulysses. So these are John's disciples. Uh, John the Baptist's disciples. Yeah, they're being scared. And they're fearful. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if Jesus Christ is calling them on the carpet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he's, he's almost making a distinction between John the Baptist and himself. Mm hmm you know, John the Baptist is the one who gets all excited. He's the one who's all kind of crazy. His disciples are confronting Jesus. But this isn't the story of the Bible. Mm -mm. And in fact, he tells them specifically, you know, John is the greatest who's born among women. And he knows that John is is discouraged because he's in prison. Yeah. 
And so, but here it kind of seems as though he's making a mockery of John the Baptist's disciples. He's like, yeah, tell us all. What's yeah, going tell on? us all. What's Why on his afraid? mind? Yeah, what's on his mind? Tell yeah. us what, what he wants to say. Why are you hiding it kind of thing? Yeah. Keep playing. Sent us to ask you if you are really the one who is to come. Or should we look for someone else? That's supposed to be Peter. Mm -hmm. Right there, that guy. Say that last part again. Should we look for someone else? <clears throat> for those of you who could not hear, John the Baptizer, my cousin, who has prepared the way for me, is now questioning if I'm the Messiah or if maybe we should keep waiting. <clears throat> John is getting impatient, yes? one of his quirks. Oh, really? He has. It's one of his quirks. in a long time. Word reached our ears about what happened in Nazareth. That you said the spirit of the Lord is upon you to proclaim liberty to the captives. If you say you are here to free prisoners, then why does he remain? He rightfully wonders why you would allow his entire ministry to be halted by an impostered king. These fundamentalists, they're just... Proclaiming liberty to they the pay captives attention too much to the Bible. more than just freeing inmates. There are many kinds of captivity that keep people is that what we're supposed to tell him? No, that's just for you. We heard our former comrades Andrew and Philip have gone to the Decapolis. Comrades? comrades. Is that where you're planning that's, to launch the revolution to overthrow Rome? Revolution. <laughs> I have something in mind for the Decapolis. And it will be revolutionary, but probably not in the way you're thinking. What are we supposed to report back? Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The mute speak. And the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. I will always be offended by blasphemy. As should all of you! You saw what happened to his daughter. You know this isn't blasphemy. I did not see what happened. Your supposed rabbi disrespected me as a holy man. Another sign of his evil spirit. And I also don't know any of the details that happened. He is hiding something. And I cannot stand here and allow you all to be deceived by his sorcery. Even if I'm the only one willing to protect you. Go. This guitar Relate to my cousin what you have seen and heard here today. And add to that the dead are raised as well. And tell John I love him. He doesn't even say that. <laughs> tell John I love him. P.S. <laughs> wish you were here. <laughs> wish you were here. Did my response to the baptizer's disciples sound to any of you like a rebuke? Yes. I can always count on you, Nathaniel. And that's it. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> What is that? There's one last one, but we're not gonna watch it. But it's 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 basically um, where the disciples are in the uh, in the sea, and it's there's a boy. It's boisterous. There's a storm, mm -hmm. and then Jesus walks on the water. Peter is there. He uh, tells them, "Bid me come. If it is you, he comes. He walks on water. He begins to sink." And they do that, but there's a bunch of dialogue in there that's not in the Bible. He's like, "If it's you." 
you know, bid me come. And he's just like, if you have faith, you know, you have faith. If you walk by faith, you could do it. And Peter starts rebuking him. And he's just like, you're helping all these Gentiles. What were you for your people? Like from the boat. He's like getting on him because he's healing all these Gentiles and Samaritans. And he's like mad at Jesus and all these things. And it's just like, what is up with this? Like social justice, racial, social justice, racial stuff that you guys are, you know, inserting, embedding into. Yeah. It's everything outside of the Bible. Things that the Bible actually condemns. Yeah. Revolution. Feminism. Comrades. Yeah. Communism. You know, social justice warriors. <laughs> That's what communism, com- communists use. They'll use like all my comrades. Yeah. Apparently yeah. Jesus had 12 comrades in the chosen here. <laughs> That's so crazy. So folks, I hope that you, you may not like my preaching and I'm not saying you have to go listen to my preaching or anything like that uh, it, as an alternative or something. But you know what? I, I hope you give heed to this Yeah. and see how wicked and blasphemous this is. And if you say, well, I still see nothing wrong with it, then basically just say that you don't believe the Bible. Yeah. Yep. Because this takes so much out of the Bible and it inserts so much in of things that are just completely contrary to not only the word of God, but the nature of God, the nature of Jesus Christ. It misrepresents Jesus. It misrepresents John the Baptist. It misrepresents the disciples. It adds a bunch of people, and it tries to get you to sympathize with evil and wicked people such as Judas Iscariot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does a major disservice disservice to the Gospels to the point where no Christians should be watching this yeah. garbage. Amen. Because it's going to cause you to just have a low view of God's Word. Yeah. And you know what? If you keep watching this, you don't esteem the Bible. Just say that. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm, I watched about two hours of this, different clips, and I, I'll be quite honest with you. When I stopped watching, I was just like, man, I'm grieved in my spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my spirit is vexed, um, just insurmountably vexed from all of this nonsense that's in here. And you know why? Because I know the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I know the disciples. I know the Word of God. I read the Bible, and I get mad when people misrepresent the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, but the miracles are still there. Yeah, of course they're there because that's why that's why you're watching it. It's because you want to see in live action, you know, with all the uh, graphics and everything. You want to see all that. But you know what? The, the Bible's important. Yeah. Okay. And even then, aside from removing things out of the Bible, you remove concepts out of the Bible. You yeah. mi- they're mixing wor- works with salvation, with faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with John chapter 3 and Nic- the scene with Nicodemus. And so here's a verse that I believe sums up the chosen, who, in my opinion, is what's what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, let's, or do you see that part? Let's save those big titles. Ah, yes. What do we have here? I hate this scene. Seems so stupid. I didn't even know. I didn't even know Elise's left. <laughs> that was weird. Um, I believe that this should be called the rejected, not the chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is the reprobate. The show should be called the reprobate because it's rejected by God. It's not chosen by Mm-mm. God. Here's a great verse to summarize what the chosen is all about, and this is for all of you uh, chosen lovers and fans of Jonathan Rumi 
and his depiction of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, Jonathan Rumi is a hardcore Catholic who, uh, you know, practices necromancy and lays next to a grave of a sodomite homosexual who was responsible for the Jesus movement and inspired Chuck Smith to start Calvary Chapel. Uh, he's laying next to his grave and he's communicating with the dead. This is the guy who promotes Catholicism. Yeah. He promotes pr praying the rosary and all these all this nonsense. Just in case you didn't know. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Yep. So he's saying, the Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthian church, is like, I'm, I'm like afraid of you. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm jealous over you. He says, but I, I'm, I'm afraid that you're just easily beguiled. You're easily fooled. Because it kind of sounds like he's like, someone could come preaching another Jesus. He said, uh, an, another gospel, have another spirit, and you might actually accept it and be, be okay with it. Mm -hmm. The chosen is another Jesus. Yeah. Yep. The chosen is another spirit. It's another gospel. And all kinds of Christians are like, sign me up. Yeah. And they're bearing with it. They're mm -hmm. like, this is good. So that's my take on the chosen. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. Amen. So anything you guys want to add to that? That was basically I'm, a sermon. I need, <laughs> I need to go read my Bible after this. That's yeah. all I got to say. Dude, after I saw that, I'm like, I need to go read the Gospels <laughs> yeah. just to kind of like clean all that filth out. Yeah. And give yeah. me a biblical reality check from this nonsense that is called the chosen. I hope you Christians out there who are watching it get right with God and and stop watching that crap and actually pick up the word of God and read it and love it. Amen. Okay. And the Bible is more exciting than the chosen because it's actually real life. Yeah. Yep. It actually it's it's actually what happened. And so that's pretty much it, folks. It's a great episode that we got there for yeah. the rod of yep. iron. And just kind of uh, picking apart the chosen. You can say that's what I did because that's exactly what I did. I picked it apart. Yeah. And rightfully so. But, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Amen. And thank you for tuning in to the Rod of Iron Podcast. We'll see when we have another episode. And that's pretty much it, folks. Have a good night. Dun, 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 dun,